Tired of the negative news and flashover substance? It's time for Live with Dr. Wendy. Dr. Wendy Patrick is a trial attorney, patriot, and Ph.D. with a passion for people and a penchant for politics. Dr. Wendy brings you the headlines, streamlined, news you can use. It's time to be informed, engaged, and entertained. Now, here's your host, Dr. Wendy Patrick. Good evening and welcome to Live with Dr. Wendy. I'm Dr. Wendy Patrick. My co-host is Larry Dersham. He's an estate planning attorney, a hearing officer for the County of San Diego. And as you're going to learn during the second half of the show, he is a constitutional law expert. It's time for the headlines with a silver lining, substance seasoned with salt, as we say. This edition of Live with Dr. Wendy is sponsored by Trinity Law School. Learn the law, live the faith. So tonight, we're going to start with a story that is literally out of this world. That's right. As of today, Americans are back in space. This afternoon, SpaceX launches two astronauts into orbit, igniting a new spaceflight era. I don't know about you, but I was glued to the set wearing my NASA cap. This was very exciting. It has been years since Americans have been in space and since we've actually launched from Florida. Did you get a chance to watch this? I sure did, Wendy. Uh, we were glued to the set. I was at my daughter's house and son-in-law's house, and I believe it was uh, at 3.22 p.m. Eastern Daylight Time, which would be 12.22 uh, p.m. Pacific Daylight Time. And it was just so amazing to watch, uh, heading to hook up with the International Space Station. That's right. The rendezvous, in case you missed the launch today, is going to be at 10.30 Eastern Time, 7.30 Pacific Time tomorrow morning. But I have to say, I mean, this went just this went off just like in the movies. And I watch a lot of space movies. I just love this stuff. And it was the countdown, the excitement, the cheering afterwards. It was incredible. Everything went according to plan. The reason this was so tremendous today is remember that this launch was scrapped just a couple of days ago because of bad weather. And as of 10 minutes before the launch today, they were still worried about bad weather. So given all of that made it all the more exciting that it actually went according to plan. Now, I don't know what channel you watched it on, Larry, but my sister figured out how we can get the NASA channel. Now the NASA channel, if you are a a space junkie like me, actually gives you more of an insider view as to what's going on. Let you listen to some of the back and forth between ground control and the astronauts. Again, just like just like in the movies that we see this. Is that the way you watch it or did you watch it on one of the major cable networks? Right, we run uh, one of the major cable networks and I, I just can't believe it, just a couple other facts. They're traveling at 17,000 miles per hour. Uh, I thought I drove fast, but that's, that's really <laughs> fast. Uh, That puts it in perspective, doesn't it? Yeah, and why is it important? This is the first time since the space shuttle program ended in 2011 that we've launched people into space. And what was interesting, up until now, during that period uh, where we weren't launching people into space, we were using Russian rockets to get us there. And they started out charging us, I don't know, $8 million per seat. It got up, Wendy, it got up to $90 million per seat. That's to, incredible. To get up there to the space station and back. No, it's true. And you, these are a lot of the background facts that uh, we don't just talk, we don't talk about this every day. Let me tell you one of the things I found fascinating. Uh, I wondered, well, who are these astronauts? You always want to know, you know, who's the first in, in so many years to actually go back up. 
Well, these veteran astronauts, um, I've asked a couple of people just to see, you know, who people thought they were and how old they were. And I got answers, everything from, oh, are they 25 years old? Are they 29? 49 and 53. These are veterans. They are space veterans. They know what they're doing. They've got military backgrounds. They are so well qualified. And that's why they just looked cool as cucumbers. If you watch the footage from inside the capsule as they, they lifted off, you might think, how would you feel at that going that fast, as you just mentioned, but they were just doing great. And by the way, another fun fact, their wives are also astronauts, so they come from space families as well. That's amazing. All right. You know, so as, just a, as a first time, uh, a private company, Wendy, has launched people into space, and that was Elon Musk, his company, SpaceX, of Tesla fame. If you've seen the right. Tesla cars, that's that's his company, <laughs> his other company. Pretty amazing. And You'll notice that they rode in Teslas to the launch pad. So right. it was just a great day um, all around. And I also have to mention, for most of us, this story, this historic launch, it provided a welcome break in the almost constant coverage we've been watching uh, about going all over the county and all over the country in the wake of the death of George, George Floyd. Um, we've been watching protests turn into demonstrations, turn into riots looting. I mean, it, it's just gotten ugly for several nights in a row now. And watching the, the footage from L.A., sadly, um, looks like it might we might be in for another very difficult, hard night. Um, but whether you're watching the chaos on the streets or the peaceful voyage of SpaceX rocket in the sky, the question we have for you tonight is how? How are you watching? Are you watching on a television set? Are you watching on your computer? Are you watching on an iPhone? And even more importantly, are you watching on a cable news network or are you watching on social media? And if the answer to that is yes, are you watching on Twitter? Now, the question, the burning question that we have is how do you choose how to access your news? Do you choose based on whatever method you think will give you the most transparent, honest, well-rounded coverage? Well, the story for tonight is the fact that many people believed that they were and were actually surprised to learn that the platforms on which they relied for their news were censoring content, which brings us to the big story about what the president had to say on Thursday about Twitter being a social media platform that is censoring content. At least that's the argument that he made. So. Mr. Trump, as president of the United States, made news himself Thursday, really ramping up his, the war he already had with social media companies by signing a presidential executive order that aims to curtail legal liability protections that these companies like Twitter enjoy. Now, why did he do this? It was two days after Twitter, for the first time, slapped a fact check label on a pair of presidential tweets about what? About one of the topics that is near and dear to his heart, mail-in voter fraud. At least that's the allegation. Now, here's the problem, and you've probably been following this as a constitutional law expert, I would imagine. He wants to defend free speech. Now, that's a bipartisan goal. People on both sides of the aisle are in favor of the First Amendment and in favor of free speech. But the question for Twitter is, do they want to be a platform for free speech or the speech police? Are they a distributor or a publisher? What do we think about this? Right. It's Section 230 of the Communications Decency Act, 
that was enacted in 1996. And that was uh, designed to allow for these social media platforms to basically, you know, put the technology out there and let people uh, talk or chat, post pictures back and forth. You know, as long as they weren't uh, uh, going over the line as far as like uh, posting pornography or talking about terrorist acts, that type of thing, it was okay. So they were... uh, it was designed to protect uh, these platforms. But when you get into starting to censor people, then they do cross the line, some people say, and they become publishers, which would make them liable uh, for defamation, possibly a defamation lawsuit. And what's yeah, interesting, I mean- if you think about this, Wendy, if you're talking on the telephone, and what if AT&T or another carrier broke in? They say, you know, we don't really like what you're saying and we're going to cut you off uh, for now. But, you know, check back in uh, next week and maybe we'll allow you to talk again. Uh, no so, doubt. Good comparison there, I think. No, it's a very good comparison. And one of the most interesting parts of the press conference, we'll call it a press conference that was signed from the Oval Office. So I guess every time the president speaks, it's sort of a press conference. The attorney general was there and he had some very interesting words to say. He basically referred to it as a bait and switch. Now, you mentioned the the year 1996. That's a long time ago. We tend to think, oh, the 90s. Remember what you and I were doing in 1996 as far as virtual technology. We weren't doing everything on social media and email. We had what some of our younger listeners might not remember, bulletin boards. You remember online bulletin boards? They would host a place and different people would go and they would post things and ideas. The bulletin board providers, the hosters, they weren't going to be liable for what other people posted. How would you possibly police that? So the reason the attorney general referred to what's going on now as a bait and switch is fast forward to 2020. Um, In 2020, we are not going to all of a sudden say, we're not free speech, we're now the speech police, when you have everybody still enjoying the marketplace of ideas that was started way back when. But he was also very careful to say that the president's order was not the kind of thing that was designed to eradicate Section 230. Of course, he can't do that. He was really the voice of reason that was coming in to say, look, we're going to explore whether we can regulate this and how we're really going to be able to use Section 230. But as a practical matter, Larry, what is this really going to look like? I I think that uh, basically that the uh, AG Barr, our attorney general, is going to work with the states and also with his Department of Justice and probably the FCC and say, okay, we maybe need to revisit uh, Section 230. And uh, and also, uh, probably this would also happen that uh, possibly these social media platforms would say, you know, we better pull back a little bit on this censoring. This is going to take us into a new area that we may not want to go to. And this is really interesting, too. This just in, Wendy, Senator Ted Cruz released a statement that he sent a letter to A.G. Barr and the Treasury uh, Secretary asking them to criminally investigate Twitter for violating U.S. sanctions against Iran. So what's happened is the Twitter company is allowing communication and tweets to go out from the supreme leaders of Iran, which is the leading state uh, in terrorism. Yeah, that's right. And, you know, another reason it's important, as you mentioned, is uh, the president cares because We have an election coming up in November, and both he and Joe Biden are relying on platforms like Twitter. So if they're going to censor the president, by the way, they didn't take his tweets down, but if they're going to say we're going to fact check the president, 
we better fact check everybody. So it's this inconsistent enforcement. And the example you brought up just makes that point just, just beautifully. Um, so anyway, that is a story we're gonna continue to follow. We hope you continue to stay with us through the break. We have some exciting stories to talk about after the break, including your church reopening. What is it going to look like? And Summer Fun 2020 COVID friendly. Stay with us. This is Live with Dr. Wendy. I'm Dr. Wendy Patrick. News cycle lowlights have no place here. You're listening to Headline Highlights Live with Dr. Wendy on The Answer San Diego. For some, it's about prestige, power, a partnership, and corner office. The passion isn't for the client's lawsuit, but the suits they want to wear. For some, a career in law is only about money. We believe it's more. It's a way to make a difference. We emphasize a biblical worldview, not billable hours. We believe justice is when the wrongly convicted go free, when an attorney secures the rights of the homeless and the innocent unborn. We stress academic excellence, Christian values. We instill a passion for human rights and religious freedom. So no matter what kind of law you choose to practice, you will do it with an unwavering ethical standard. We are Trinity Law School in Orange County, affordable, accredited by the California Bar, and open to those who've completed 60 units. In associates or bachelors, we offer full tuition scholarships and federal student aid to those who qualify. We also know that you may be considering online education in light of coronavirus. Trinity Law is one of the first California accredited law schools approved to offer a fully online JD. So whether you plan to attend school on campus, 100% online, or a hybrid of both, we have classes to meet your needs. Trinity Law School also offers a fully online Master of Legal Studies degree. If you're not looking to become an attorney but need legal education to advance in your current or future career, with the increase in employers looking for talent with legal knowledge, many people are choosing an MLS over an MBA. This program offers nine tracks such as human resources management, contracts and negotiation, nonprofit organizations, church and ministry management, criminal justice, and human rights. The kind of legal professional you become depends on the kind of law school you attend. Become the kind of advocate justice depends on. Text the word JUSTICE to 714-844-7744 to request more information about these programs. That's the word JUSTICE to 714-844-7744. Trinity Law School. Learn the law. Live the faith. It's time for more news you can use. The headlines streamline. It's time for more Live with Dr. Wendy. Now here's your host, Dr. Wendy Patrick. Good evening. Thank you for sticking with us. This is Dr. Wendy Patrick and my co-host Larry Dersham and I are going to now bring you this just in, the latest U.S. Supreme Court ruling on really something near and dear to both of us as well as I know to many of you. When are we going to be able to worship corporately? It doesn't matter what kind of faith you have. Different houses of worship have had the same types of restrictions. And the question has been from all types of different faiths, why are we treated differently? Why can we have 50% in Costco, 50% in a movie theater, but only 25% in a church? Now we can change those percentages around, but if in fact they're different, depending on where you are, that could potentially be a problem. So just yesterday, the Supreme Court really handed down a decision that wasn't in uh, favor of what a lot of people were, were rooting for that are trying to reopen their churches safely, but soon. 
In a 5-4 decision, the U.S. Supreme Court rejected the court's rejected the church's challenge to a shutdown order, uh, basically that stemmed right here in San Diego. And the bottom line was space matters, not outer space like our last story, but space available for parishioners to congregate. So the Supreme Court, in what some people think was sort of a surprise decision with Justice Roberts joining the court's four-member liberal wing to form a majority, he basically said the following, California's guidelines place restrictions on places of worship, yes, but according to the majority of the court, those restrictions are consistent with the free exercise clause of the First Amendment. That is basically what he wrote in a ruling. And here was the rationale. Similar or more severe restrictions do apply to comparable secular gatherings. And listen to the list that he gives, including lectures, concerts, movie showings, spectator sports, and theatrical performances where large groups of people gather in close proximity for extended periods of time. Now, remember, we talked a little last week that maybe that's one of the reasons that somebody might argue, well, you're not usually in Costco for an hour and a half. At least I hope you're not. You're not singing loudly and projecting when you sing in Costco like you probably are in church. You're not passing around offering baskets, touching communal hymnals and prayer books. But then the counter argument to that is, well, of course we can open churches without doing any of those things. So we are just as sanitary and just as health conscious as the rest of those institutions. But Larry, this is a little bit different in this ruling, isn't it? It It is, Wendy. And if I could have a hero of the week or maybe of the year, I think it might be Bishop Art Hodges. And he is the bishop of the South Bay United Pentecostal Church in Chula Vista. And he's the subject of this lawsuit that first went to the Ninth Circuit Court of Appeals. And then uh, in an emergency uh, a filing, it went to the U.S. Supreme Court. So let me just kind of backtrack just a little, Wendy. Okay, so when Governor Newsom was asked why churches are categorized as non-essential, Governor Newsom responded, well, churches are high risk and low reward. Mm. And for that reason, they are non-essential. Let that sink in, folks. This despite the fact that the factories are allowed to stay open, even though co-workers work side by side for eight hours a day plus. The, 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 the discrepancy is so obvious. Uh, now, and they, did the governor dial back that rhetoric? Because I remember uh, that he actually gave a press conference where he admitted that he had grown up Catholic and he understood the you know how important churches were. You have to wonder whether or not he rethought that statement. I'm not sure you know what what the chronology is, but it is true that sometimes the knee jerk response is to say, "Oh, essential food and medicine," not recognizing that food and faith are both essential. Totally essential, Wendy. I read a statistic from the Kaiser Permanente folks that their suicide line, uh, uh, the calls that are coming in are up not 200%, not 500, but 1,000%. So I think the cure for this uh, COVID is possibly worse than the disease itself. And I want to go back to the Ninth Circuit. Okay, so that's what Governor Newsom said. And I hope he has changed his heart. He seems like he's working hard and trying to do a good good job. So that's it went right. up to the Ninth Circuit Court of Appeals in San Francisco. It's a three-judge panel court. Two of them came out against the church, our good friend uh, Bishop Hodges. And you know what they cited? They cited 
from to as the basis of their decision a uh, 71-year-old decision that was a dissent. They just, their ruling was taken from something that appeared in a dissent of a case that's 71 years old. Yeah, you know, it, it's interesting that you, you mentioned that because there are many cases where they're, they're such, they're, you don't want to say their first impression because obviously there is precedent, but we have to go back 71 years and then go to a dissent. And, you know, speaking of dissents, uh, many people were talking a lot about Justice Kavanaugh's dissent in the case that you and I are discussing from the U.S. Supreme Court. Listen to what he said. And he was quoting from an appeals court decision in a different case as well. He said, quote, assume the worst when people go to worship, but assume the best when people go to work or go about the rest of their daily lives in permitted social settings. That would be part of the rationale you would have to adopt if we were to believe that even though people are taking the same, or at least they say they are, the same kind of precautions, they're masked, they're gloved, they're social distanced, that somehow they are on their worst behavior in a church, but on their best behavior in Costco. Now, you and I have been to Costco and we know that's not true. So it, it's one of those decisions where, I mean, hopefully we will just continue to reopen and, and it won't become an issue again. But we, it's true that we also care about precedent setting, don't we? Oh, absolutely. We do, Wendy. And uh, it, it just seems that it, the 25% rule would be okay, I think. Okay, we're going to be socially distanced. Everybody that feels uh, like, like they're not well or they're elderly should probably stay home. That's right. But why can't the churches enact the same social distancing rules as everybody everybody else is using? But what really capped it off is they limit it to 100 people or 25%, whichever is less. And that's the rest of the story, Larry, that yeah. a lot of times we don't hear. We simply hear about percentages without really understanding, well, what if you have a church that seats a 1,000? You're only allowed to have 100 people in there? So th- that's part of the problem, especially— that the large Catholic churches are having. I don't know if you saw the footage of one of those Catholic priests that actually had loaded holy water into a squirt gun and was squirting it into the windows of cars because people wanted to be blessed. This wasn't a joke. Uh, They were doing everything they could to try to deliver the elements in a fashion that wouldn't violate county ordinances. This wasn't in San Diego. It was in another state. But nonetheless, I mean, the, the complicated workarounds that different faiths uh, we're trying to to use what was just mind boggling. Absolutely, and, and I just want uh, people to entertain the possibility that there's more of an agenda to what's going on with the churches than meets the eye. And uh, I wanted to briefly, uh, very briefly, tell you about a story of two countries. Now, the two countries they have the same food, they speak the same language, they have the same culture. But I'm talking about North and South Korea. I spent a year uh, in the service over there. Uh, they have a DMZ. The war ended, the shooting ended in 1953, uh, but it's still a ceasefire, basically. But the difference is, in the North, they have socialism, communism. In the South, they have capitalism. In the South, they have Samsung, Hyundai, Kia, and so forth. In the North, if you look at a satellite view uh, at nighttime, it looks like you're flying over the the Rocky Mountains, as far as if you're looking at North Korea, whereas you look at South Korea from a satellite view, it's like you're flying over Las Vegas or Los Angeles. The difference is, is astounding. Well, they have, a, they have right in the middle of the DMZ is something called a bridge of no return. And uh, basically what that is, if you go across that bridge of no return, uh, you're not allowed to come back into South Korea. Uh, Korea. Uh, you're actually going to the north. 
And I'm just thinking that there's a possibility that the people of America are at that bridge of no return. We're we're running towards That's socialism. Ominous. We're running towards socialism. And once you cross that bridge, I'm not worried for myself, but I'm worried for my children and my grandchildren. I, I completely agree. And because we are a show with a silver lining, we will transition from socialism to summertime. So I promised we're going to do a little bit of summer fun. Uh, and yes, you're going to be going out more often during the summertime. You'll be going to different places. So we wanted to give you a couple of ideas. Let's say, God forbid, you, we are still confined to our homes, at least most of the time, especially if you have somebody that's immunocompromised. So we're going to give you a couple of ideas as to how you can bring summertime to you. Uh, and the first idea is water pinatas. Do you know what these are? I've never seen a water pinata. I've seen pinatas. I've seen them at uh, you know children's uh, birthday parties and so forth. No, what are Imagine they? Imagine water balloons all strung up together like a pinata, and you use those in your backyard. Now, please use a plastic bat if you're going to enjoy a water pinata. But that is one idea. And then speaking of the backyard. We have Backyard Olympics. Uh, parents, yes, your kids are gonna win because they're probably faster with better eyesight and better aim. We've got Backyard Camping because I know a lot of the kids had their camp plans that were scrapped for the summertime. Homemade slip and slides, stargazing, um, hopscotch. But I know, Larry, you and your wife know a little bit about that because you go shopping pretty frequently, right? Right, yeah, we were at Home Depot just yesterday and we were returning some items and they have that those, that tape there where you've got to wait in line and stay six feet apart. And uh, I was going to try to jump that from one six foot marker <laughs> to the other. And that's my adult hopscotch. I've been playing. Yeah. All right. And if you don't have a backyard, you know, we'll wrap it up with the fact that most of these activities can be done inside your house. You can transform your living room into a campground obstacle course. I got to be careful with that one. Move all the valuables out of the way. But the bottom line is, you know, parents, we, we can be so creative with the ways in which we're able to at least instill some summer fun, even if we have to do stay home for a while. All right. So that's it for us tonight. We have to wrap it up here. This edition of Live with Dr. Wendy was sponsored by Trinity Law School. Learn the law, live the faith. Thank you for joining us. I'm Wendy Patrick. Please join us next week for more of Live with Dr. Wendy. Headlines with a silver lining. Have a great week. Thank you for joining us for Live with Dr. Wendy. You can learn more about Dr. Wendy and how to become a guest or sponsor of the show by visiting wendypatrickphd.com. That's wendypatrickphd.com. Tune in every week at this same time as Dr. Wendy will engage and inspire you with an upbeat viewpoint on the highlights of the day. This has been Live with Dr. Wendy on The Answer San Diego.